Welcome to the Fully Living Podcast. I'm your host, Rex. This is the third rendition of the Ramadan series with... Uh, New rendition. Yeah, yeah no, it's, a big, it's a big word, man. Word, yeah. Um, this is my dictionary. Exactly. Uh, of, of this series, uh, we have, uh, to my virtual left, uh, a Somali. Oblige. To uh, his virtual uh, 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 right, I don't know, is uh, Azifazi. You're... And last but not least, um, the man of the hour, Mr. Saeed. Um, Did you say missed? I said man of the hour. No, after that. Oh, I might have said Mr. Saeed. <laughs> what? <laughs> Don't delete this. We're continuing. I mean, the people need to know. Man. It's all good, man. I, I, this is know, what I go through. So mistakes, but the, uh, the topic of discussion today <laughs> is... Uh, Don't even respect me, yo. <laughs> I think Rex might know something we don't know, bro. I don't know what's going on. Whoa. You know what? Someone get this guy off the airway. Get that off the airways. You trash, boy. Um, yeah, the topic of discussion is uh, hope and fear, and I'm going to be the one talking about it. Um, because obviously, uh, I did all the studying, and I know everything. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm joking. I don't know anything. Uh, you know what I am? I'm the guy that doesn't do any of the group work and just leaves it all to Saeed. And I, At the end of the presentation, and just writes his name down? Uh, yeah, remember how many names to do it, and uh, this is our topic. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> so that's what's going on right now. Uh, so Saeed, take it away. All right. Um, alhamdulillah, this is our, what? This is our third episode of the series. My goodness. Uh, third episode of the series and 14th day of Ramadan. What day, what day quarantine for you? Oh, I, 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 I never thought you'd ask. This is my eighth day, I believe. Eighth, eighth day. day. Eighth day of quarantining. I'm surviving. I'm surviving. I have food. I have water. Uh, I have a bed. I have a space to pray and, you know, just like work out. Um, yeah, I'm surviving. Yeah. Rex is giving me some like signs of sign language. I don't know what he's pointing to. Oh, I got the thumbs up. Yeah. So, so when you so when you get like when your mom brings food, is she like dashing at you because like she can't? No, so like basically the way it works, and I hope people don't <laughs> mind because this by the way this discussion has nothing to do with hope and mercy. This is just about Saeed and it's like quarantine phase. So like there's a table outside my my room, and so like the food is dropped off on that table, <laughs> and then they walk away, and then after they pass like two meters, they text you. That's when I open the door and oh, yeah, so, like, so, so times, basically it happens. Yeah, like you're in jail, bro. <laughs> yeah, for anybody who doesn't know what Habsi is in, in, in Somali, it means a jail in Somali. So yeah, basically, I, I'm in the bin. I'm in jail. That's why I said free the real, because I'm in jail right now. I'm not <laughs> Hashtag free the real. You're playing a bit about it. Huh? So I was thinking to myself, subhanAllah, this guy gets into interrogation room. He's definitely singing. You're singing. Oh, yeah, like a bird. Bird, um, bird. Like a bird. I mean, I feel like it's easy for people like you to say that because you're not word tested. Oh. So... Let me see you lock yourself in a room for two weeks and see if Ozzy makes it out alive. Let's see if he even records a podcast while he's in the room. That's a whole other bugger. Anyways, not to take up too much time, not to take up too much time. Today, alhamdulillah, uh, this, we're in our third episode and we're dealing with the concept of hope and fear. Now, when discussing hope and fear, we have to understand that it's extremely, extremely relevant in our time and it's something... Uh, that every Muslim, man and woman, child, everybody 
needs to understand this and believe in it and act accordingly to hope and fear. Um, so this, uh, this concept of hope and fear, right? It, it, essentially, it's hope in Allah's mercy and forgiveness and fear from Allah's punishment and his anger and his wrath. And this concept was a concept that was introduced in like early on in Islam. Uh, and as I mentioned in the previous uh, episodes of the series, that Aisha anha, she mentions that the first verses of the Quran that were revealed were verses pertaining to hellfire and mercy, or hellfire, like paradise and hellfire, right? And so these verses were the verses that helped, you know, kindle the faith of, of the believers at that time, because they were in a time, right, where there was a lot of uh, murder, there was a lot of uh, addiction to women, to alcohol, drugs. Um, not necessarily drugs, I, I take that back, more of just like alcohol um, and evil, right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right, reveals the Qur'an and reveals these, as you can say, as motivators, right? But it's also for a person to take heed, right? Different people, they work in different ways. Some people are motivated by fear, right? That anxiety, that fear. And some people, they're motivated by mercy and hope. Right, positivity, that, that optimism, and this is what is needed of a Muslim, right? So when we say like hope, like what exactly is hope, and and how does it manifest in a person? And I want to open the floor to uh, Zibo, to Abdul and Ozzy to like share your thoughts. What when we when we discuss the topic of like hope and fear, like how do you feel that it should be embodied in a person? I mean, I think that there has to be. A balance definitely right you oh can't, definitely you can't yeah have, we're gonna yeah, talk about that too bit much bit. of either or not enough of either or because anytime mm -hmm. that you have that imbalance it's 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 difficult to maintain so if a person if yeah. a person is you know worshiping allah constantly in fear where they feel like you know what every time i do a sin that's it that's it's a wrap for me i'm done you know then that person yeah. is Right. Anytime it's easy for that person to lose hope, right? So that person yes. might see themselves and be like, you know what, it's over for me. There's no point in trying, anyways. You know, and then that's mm -hmm. how that person might feel like that. That's the, the boat that they're in. So let me just act accordingly. Whereas on the yeah other hand, a person who has only hope and not in, anyway, not enough fear, that person will feel like they can do whatever they want to do. Right, that person constantly feels exactly, yeah. There's no sense of accountability, yeah. Yeah, that person constantly feels constantly feel like it's okay, whatever I do, Allah's gonna forgive me, right? But we, ha we have to understand yeah. that Allah says, Inna Allah is swift in punishment yeah. and He is the most forgiving, the most merciful, you know. So, like, mm -hmm. yeah, that's where yeah. The, when you have that perfect balance and you, you have a harmony. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I think for me, like, bro, like, I think it's like everything should be like done and completed to uphold like tawhid, you know. And I think like in Islam, it makes the most sense when you connect everything back to that. And and when you think about like hope and fear, that it is tawhid, right? Like you're hoping for Allah's reward, and you're fearing His punishment, right? And these are all things connected back to uh, literally different traits of Allah, right? Like when 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 He says Al Rahman, Al Rahim, you know, Al Ghafur, like these are things that you're hopeful for, right? And then you're also fearful of the fact that Allah is a shadi, you know? Like, you know, like he's, he, he, he is the most harsh in punishment, right? He that has means swift in punishment. For anybody who doesn't know, it means swift in punishment, yeah. 
swift in punishment and he's and, and he is shadid in his punishment as well like he's 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 harsh right so it's like when you when you understand that these are different things that allah has and he warns us about then you have to, for yourself like if you affirm these these attributes of allah like you have to balance these things within your own life right so very much so like on, on like what zebo was saying um it, it, it is essentially a balance but i think like going in, in deeper and discussing like what exactly fear is and what exactly hope is and how it manifests like in our lives, I think is a very, very fruitful conversation that because um, depending on how much you have of these things, wallahi, it literally changes your whole experience of how you experience Islam and how you practice on a day-to-day, like on a day-to-day, like uh, something that is so small for one person can be like the biggest thing for another just because of the level of hope and fear that they may have, you know, yeah. in, in what they're doing, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's my two cents. No, definitely no. You guys mentioned some big points, and 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 Zibo especially, he mentioned a really big point, and I'm gonna get to that a little bit later, when um, discussing the the one of the misconceptions of of fear. I've, I've What's up, Rex? Before before you get into it, I mean. Oh, I okay. Yeah, no problem. I don't know. I don't know if uh, if it's gonna go off topic, but is it with the concept? Is it is it are they is hope and fear in coexistence, or can one like be more hopeful than than fearful, or they should be both? Um, so essentially, uh, a Muslim should be balanced between the two for majority of their life until death, just before death. And the reason why I say just before death is because the Prophet ﷺ says in a hadith that when a person is nearing death that they should only think good of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they should only have like positive thoughts in receiving his mercy, right? When, 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 when meeting him. So yeah, so it should definitely both should be balanced in a person's life and in their mind and, and heart and, and soul. And one should not conquer over the other because uh, it's, it's, it's both are needed, like in, in, in essence. And this is what is considered to be the wings of Islam. Some scholars say it's the wings of Islam. Some scholars say that it's like the two main principles of, of belief. There's different wordings for it, but essentially what's understood is that these are both very, like they're integral and, and like they're fundamental uh, for a person's belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? So I hope that uh, answers your question, does it? Lovely, I got the thumbs up. Okay, so... When a person, when we're, when, okay, so we're going to jump right into the application of this, right? It's, it's easy to kind of discuss things in theory. And I feel like a lot of times we discuss a lot of concepts of the deen in theory. But when it comes to the practicality of it, I feel like sometimes we don't, we're not as, you know, we don't, we don't yearn to kind of have that conversation or we're not as adamant on having it. So how does a person apply the concept of hope and fear? So let's take it bit by bit. First, we understood that it is both needed, right? Now, when we say hope in Allah's mercy, we, like when a person, when they're worshiping Allah, they worship Allah hoping in his mercy, hoping that Allah accepts from what they do, right? Because nobody is guaranteed that their actions are going to be accepted from them, right? And there's a lot of times in, in, in our day where, um, in our day and age where a lot of people do the bare minimum and they don't even consider whether or not it's going to be accepted from them like that's a conversation that a person like rarely even has with themselves it's like let me just get this burden over my head like let me just get past this and that's it i've done it but the whole aspect of is it accepted or not that's a whole other ball game 
right? That a lot of times people, they don't really consider, right? Like, for example, last week we were discussing how a person prays for 60 years and the salah is not accepted. Like, that is one of the, like, that, that person is a loser, that person who um, nothing's accepted from them, right? So what we're discussing, for example, um, obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A person worships Allah hoping in his mercy and that he accepts and fear of Allah's punishment for the sins that they do and the fact that Allah could, if he wants, subhanahu wa ta'ala, reject what they're doing, reject their action, reject their salah, reject their fast, because maybe they were looking at what was impermissible. May Allah make it easy for us to look at what is permissible only. Or maybe in the salah, they were looking around in salah. These are things that decrease from a person's reward, right? Decreases from the reward. And a person who is sincere to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tries their best to do things to the best of their abilities, right? So, so that's a person who obeys Allah. What happens if a person sins? What happens if a person sins? It's both necessary that a person has hope and fear. Now, the reason why I say this, and it's of extreme importance that I mention this, is because if a person becomes extreme in one or the other, they both result in one thing. They both result in the cease of obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A cease in action. What do I mean by this? If a person is too hopeful in Allah's mercy, they will not hold themselves accountable. And consequently, that person will stop praying their salah. They'll stop fasting. They'll, they'll literally bank on Allah's mercy. And this is a concept that Ibn Qayyim, he discusses. And he says, from the, like, from the, mo, from, from the people who are the most uh, deceitful, or people who like lie to themselves are people who depend upon Allah's mercy while they are consistent in sin, while they are persistent in it. Like they have no regard for what they're doing. They are living in like, sorry for a better, uh, you know, no better, just more, but like la-la land where they feel like, oh, I, like, I'm good. Like Allah is the most merciful. <laughs> Ozzy's looking at me like, <laughs> like I'm a five-year-old, but I just want to drive the point home. Like honestly, a lot of people, they, they, they live in, in this type of understanding where they have zero accountability for what they do. Or a person chooses to acknowledge some of the traits, or not traits, sorry, some of the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and neglect some of the others. Like how um, Ozzy and, and Zebo and Allah wrote them both, they're both mentioning that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yes, he is the most merciful, he is ghafoor, he is ar-rahim, al-wadud, right? Compassionate. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is also sari'ul hisab, swift to take a person to account, right? Shadidul iqab is very severe in punishment. So a person has to balance themselves between these two things. And if a person is extreme in the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they're going to get the concept, they're going to start believing like, what is the purpose of me even praying five times a day? Allah is not going to forgive me. So do you guys, do you guys see what I'm saying? Like, do you guys see how that a person, if they're extreme in one or the other, they're going to stop doing what they're supposed to do, right? I, I, I think that was a great point because I was thinking about it before we had the conversation. I was thinking about it in the, in the aspect of one, like one or the other. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm like, I, I feel like personally, I feel like the, the person that's more hopeful would, would be in the better position. But the way you put it, it was because the, and the reason I thought of that, the reason I thought of that is because I'm like somebody that's so fearful might even be crippled by fear. Right? Exactly, exactly. 
yeah, I just think of it as sucks. in the in the point of, in which like where the hopeful person is too hopeful, where they're like, yeah, I'll just do my, I'll just do my 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 thing. Kumbaya, I, I call them kumbaya people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I it's, think it's about that way. So. That makes sense because even Allah says in the Quran, they said, "Be amani kumada amani ahli kitab." You know, like it's not going to be left to like your vain desires, like whatever your whim desires that you're going to gain the goals or whatever you want to you want to gain. So even if, let's say, for example, you're going towards something good in your mind, you know, but you're not taking the right means to get there, you're not going to get the goal, you know. And I think it's along the same lines as that you're saying, like if you if you go extreme with one side mm -hmm. as opposed to another and you forget one aspect you're not going to get the result that you want because you know that the result that you want, which is a good result, it requires mm -hmm. the, 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 the presence of both of those things being there, you know, right? Meaning hope and fear, right? Yeah. So I think it's interesting that like Allah says that, Allah says that specifically and he, he mentions, he's, he's talking about the person reading it and then he's also talking about the kitab, like the people before, you know, mm -hmm. so the Christians mm -hmm. and the Jews and it's like, yeah, that, that's where they went wrong. They went hard on one side and they went hard on another and that's where their mistakes yeah. were, right? So, yeah. Exactly, you know, it's a very good point. And subhanAllah, and this is very important that I mentioned as well, that oftentimes a person thinking bad of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can fall into a greater sin than the sin that they actually committed. Let me say that one more time. Let me reword that. That some, like, sometimes the sin of thinking bad of Allah outweighs the sin that you did. I just want that to like sink for a second and it's very, very important because a person should always think good of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Always. In every case. You should think of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, in, in a way that is befitting. And Allah, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I am as my slave thinks of me. Right? And so like, imagine that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most forgiving, the most compassionate, Right? The most merciful. And you neglect all of these attributes of Allah. And you actually think in your right mind that the sin that you have done outweighs his mercy. Right? Or that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala won't forgive you. You're literally taking his words and you're putting it to the side and you're going on with your hard head thinking, okay, Allah won't forgive me. I'm sorry for saying wrong, like hard head. But a lot of times people think this way and it is completely wrong. It is completely wrong for a person to strip themselves of hope. And it is one of the biggest things that shaitan, the devil, he rejoices at when he sees a person lose hope in Allah's mercy, right? He becomes overly ecstatic, right? Because a person who loses hope in Allah is a person who becomes stagnant in their worship, stagnant in their faith, right? So... Going back to what I was saying, because we went off it a little bit in a tangent, but it was a necessary tangent, that when a person uh, sins, what's required of that person to all, is to be also balanced in hope and fear, right? Fear in Allah's punishment because they are deserving of punishment because of what they did, the sin that they committed, but also hopeful in Allah's mercy and the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in Allah yuhibbu tawabin, right? That Allah, He loves those who repent often. And we have, I have to mention tawab, is ala wazni fa'al, right? A tawab is a person who repents often. Now, a person who repents often is the person who sins often. Is a person who sins often. And I feel like a lot of times we over-glamorize uh, the concept of, of a believer in the sense where we strip that, 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 that belief of a believer uh, of being a person who sins. Sometimes when we think of a person who is a believer, the pious, the righteous, we don't 
factor in the fact that they're humans and that they sin. And that paradise is filled with people who were sinners that repented. Right? The fact that the inhabitants of paradise are those who sinned, but they repented to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, Ziba wants to say something. Jump in it, brother. Jump in it. You know, that actually reminds me of um, the verse in Surah Al-Imran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, uh, Yes. That was on my mind. Yes. Allah says, race and run towards um, the forgiveness. Allah, yes. Mm -hmm. I know. Jannah is with the heavens and the earth. Allah says, للمتقين. He says, he's, mm -hmm. it's, the Jannah that has been prepared for the Muttaqeen, those who have Taqwa, those who are conscious mm -hmm. of Allah. You know, and yeah. oftentimes when we think of uh, people who have Taqwa, we often think of pious, righteous people who, you know, are pure and they sit in the masjid all day. You know, that's oftentimes the way we think about, you know, people who have Taqwa. Yeah. Exactly. Then Allah goes to describe who the muttaqin are. And he says, you know, I'm, I'm one of the descriptions that he gives them is that when they commit sins or when they do any evil deeds, they remember Allah and they ask for forgiveness. Mm -hmm. So Allah is describing muttaqin as mm -hmm. sinners, as people who yeah. sin. Exactly. They ask for forgiveness. Exactly, exactly. And he even mentions at the end of that verse, and, and they do not persist in, in what they do and what they did. While they know, like while they know that what they're doing is wrong, they don't persist in it. Because what happens if a person persists in something that they know is wrong and they're becoming neglectful, right? So it's, it's very uh, interesting that you mentioned uh, muttaqeen, right? Because this concept of taqwa, when we hear a person say, taqullah, right? Fear Allah. A lot of times people nowadays, they take offense to it. Like they really take offense to it. Or some people, they, they go to the extent to even tell you like, you fear Allah. You know what I mean? But what does it mean to fear Allah? What does it mean? Because I feel like we have become uh, one, we, we think one dimensionally when it comes to the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A taqwa, right? What is, what's considered to be um, God consciousness or, or, or uh, the fear of Allah. Essentially, a taqwa, it is to place between you and what harms you a barrier. Let me say it again. Taqwa is to place a barrier between you and what harms you. So Allah says, فَتَّقُنَّا Fear the fire, right? Be conscious of it. It is to... What it, so you put a barrier between yourself and that fire. Right? So... I feel like it's, and I want to ask you guys, like, like, why do people, like, why do they take offense to, like, when a person tells them fear Allah? Because essentially, like, for a person to remind you of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a good thing. It's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. But I want to ask you guys, like, is it guilt? Like, what do you guys feel is, is, is the reason that people take offense to the statement, like, fear Allah? Any of you guys, you guys can take the floor. The floor is yours. It's definitely for, comes from a place of insecurity. Okay. So for somebody to, to be told fear Allah, and if that person <laughs> takes offense, it's either, you know, they know what they're doing is wrong. And you know when they say um, people get defensive, they start to attack the person that's coming at them, and it's not because they don't want to fear Allah. It's not because they don't think it's a good thing to fear Allah. But it's like they feel attacked. 
Yeah, because you know, exactly. it, it sort of it sort of it sort of exposes, you know, what we are, and that's sinners. Yeah, that's a whole so culture think, now. Like, I feel attacked. Well, yeah. it's a culture now. Hundred percent. Why are you yeah. attacking me? I feel attacked. I'm I'm on the same exact. I'm on the same thing. Like, people don't really like to be told what to do, man. Like, just that's that's what it is. Um. Yeah, you know, even like going back to um. The concept of of taqwa, right, is to place a barrier between uh, yourself and what harms you. Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu was asked a question. He was asked, "What is taqwa?" Right, or it can also be translated as as like piety as well, right? Loose translation. But what is God consciousness? What is it? What is taqwa? Right, and we mentioned earlier that it is to place between yourself uh, uh, and what harms you a barrier. He said, "Have you walked through like?" Uh, a thorn, like a, a thorny path. And the man said, yes. And he said, what do you do when you see a thorn? He said, when I see a thorn, like I avoid it, I walk around it, I walk over it. He said, that is essentially taqwa. That you see something that harms you and you consciously avoid it. Now, I really want like the, 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 my, myself and like the audience to, if you're going to take something home today from this episode, I would say that understand that taqwa, the fear of Allah, is beyond the concept of just fear. It's, it's, it's beyond that. It's not limited to being frightened, right? It's beyond that. It is a consciousness. It is an awareness, right? That you have to prevent yourself from what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has threatened us with if we disobey him. I feel like it's so light of utmost importance that we understand this because when, when a person becomes disheartened and angry and prideful, when they are told to fear Allah, that shows their ignorance. It shows their ignorance and it shows their arrogance. And a lot of times in the defense of those people, those who say this statement, fear Allah, they say it haphazardly. They say it and not really not really considering the weight that that, that that word has, right? Or they see it in, in a context that is not befitting or in a state that is not befitting, right? So I feel like this is important to, to mention. Now, dealing with the, the concept of, or not really the concept, but more like the misconceptions of uh, the hope of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Zibo, he tackled a, a good portion of it. One of them is that you should never use the uh, mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a justification to sin, ever, 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 right? You as a Muslim and as a human being are required to acknowledge that you are a sinner, that you are a sinner, right? And the, the Prophet said, all of the sons of Adam, the children of Adam are sinners. So the first thing you have to do is acknowledge yourself to be an incomplete human, an incomplete Muslim, that you are a sinner, right? But the Prophet finished the hadith by saying, and the, and the best sinners are those who sin. So it shows that there's a different level, there's different levels of sinners. Some are better than others, right? The best of those sinners are those who repent. And it all goes back to the ayah that Zebo was mentioning, the verse Zebo mentioned that paradise, right? The people of paradise, inhabitants of paradise, are those who, they did used to sin, but they used to repent, right? 
So Ibn al-Qayyim, right, rahimahullah ta'ala, from the students of Ibn Taymiyyah, he mentions in an excerpt of his book, Adda'u which I quoted in the previous uh, episodes, where he says, he, he, he quotes a line of poetry, he says, that your hope in mercy from one that you consistently disobey and sin towards is from stupidity and foolishness. Now, to dig deeper in this meaning, we have to understand that there's a fine line between a person who's persistent in a sin and a person who returns to a sin. He is mentioning to the person who's persistent in a sin. A person who's persistent in a sin is a person who does not repent. They don't repent. They just consistently do a sin over and over and over like a, like a hamster in a wheel with no uh, awareness of what they're doing, no awareness of who they're disobeying. They're consistently sinning, right? And the only thing that they're banking on scenario is the fact that Allah is the merciful. He's the most merciful, right? That's the only thing that they're banking on. That's the only thing that it's, it's almost like we were mentioning earlier, like it's a justification for that in their eyes for what they're doing. This is the person that Ibn Qayyim is talking about. And he's mentioning that this, this understanding is from foolishness and stupidity. Right? And if a person really ponders upon this, you will realize that it's the truth. It's the truth. Right? And now going back to, uh, I think uh, Rex had a question he wanted to ask. Go ahead. Uh, so yeah, the, the, the question the question that I wanted to ask was like like I'll, I'll give an example so let's say uh, let's say uh, using my phone or let's say yeah. use an app on my phone a specific app I, I don't know like okay tell whatever t- like uh, tumblr or whatever you know let's say that's a let's just say eating a type of food okay yeah pork whatever we'll go back to the example of pork so okay. let's say I have again. We're going back to me just just munching on some bacon cheeseburgers, you know, some ribs, uh, all all the so pork fat. Yeah, you know, all just all the all of those pork things. Yeah. But I'm like, like I, I'm still asking for forgiveness. I'm like, yo, I'm not like not in this tone, but I'm like, you know, please forgive me. Da, da, da. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. But then I go back, like just keep going back to to me <laughs> eating bacon okay. cheeseburgers. Perfect. Yeah. Like, what is? where is that line drawn like when it's like okay like bro when where is that you know where's the action but okay yeah. when you when you when, when that when you say in the example that you ask for forgiveness is that a, th- a forgiveness where you ask for forgiveness you try to stop yourself and you go back to it or you ask for forgiveness with the intention i'm going to eat tomorrow <laughs> so let me get so listen let, 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 let me ask the two extreme the two the two versions so let's say the first version is I'm like, yo, forgive me, but my next meal is about to be like uh, you know, <laughs> some ribs. What? That's obviously not. I'm guessing that's not true forgiveness, right? Yeah, you mean true repentance? You mean true repentance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, it's not. No, it's not. And uh, like a person cannot deceive Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, right? And may Allah protect us from this. Mm-hmm. To be a person who who tries to deceive Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, you're only deceiving yourself. To be honest with you. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he is all aware of our intentions, right? And so like in this example, to deal with this uh, point first, and then the, the question, and then uh, I think Ozzy wants to chime in as well. No, um, I actually have a question too. Like I think maybe even clarifying the difference between tawbah and forgiveness would be good too. Yeah, definitely. So um, as Rex was saying, um, a person 
who just does the action of repentance without sincerity, it is not accepted. You have to understand that sincerity is one of the two conditions needed in any act of obedience. The first uh, condition for any act of obedience, including uh, toba, repentance, is that it has to be sincere for Allah's sake, right? Number two, it has to be in compliance with what the Prophet ﷺ brought. So if you're not being sincere in what you're doing, it's, it's going to be rejected, right? And in terms, uh, to go back to what you were asking before um, uh, Zebo chimed in, there's a difference between going back to a sin and doing a sin. And you mentioned in, in your example, in your question, that you go back to eating the cheeseburger. That, that You see what it insinuates going back? It means that you tried to leave it off. It means that you moved past it and you went back to it. So a person who goes back to a sin, who returns to a sin, that is a person who has repented, but they got caught up, uh, they got weak, they're, you know, something got the best of them, and they went back to that sin. Whereas a person who is persistent in a sin is a person who does not even try to remove themselves from that actual danger itself. They don't try to remove themselves. That is the person that's walking down uh, a path of danger, right? And uh, they are in heedlessness, that person who is not aware of themselves and uh, what they're doing. So, Allahu I feel like that um, kind of answered your question, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, no, it definitely did. Because it's like, because in a, like outside of outside of outside of that like just in a person like if i'm if i'm mad at ozzy for consistently calling me at 4 a.m for some reason i don't know why he's calling me at 4 a.m in this example yeah. but if I, if he if he says yo my bad i'm not gonna do it again but then he does it the next day obviously he doesn't he doesn't care yeah yeah it's the same kind of thing but like yeah it's good that you differentiate because i'm like there has to be a point where it's like like you like the, there has to be a point where you, where you, the the act has like the trying of of not doing it has to has to be there. Which, which yeah, every it has to entire entirely. And there's a hadith of uh, you know where the Prophet ﷺ mentions that there is a man who sins, right? And so that man he regrets what he did and he turns to Allah and he says, "Oh Allah, I acknowledge that you know uh, you are my." Lord, and I am your slave, and that I have sinned, I have knowledge what I've done, please forgive me. May Allah, oh Allah, forgive me. And so Allah says, my slave has acknowledged that he has a Lord who forgives and punishes. Bear witness, the angels, bear witness that I have forgiven him. So some time goes by. That guy goes into the same sin, falls into the same sin again, same process, repents to Allah, acknowledges what he does. And Allah says, bear witness, this slave acknowledges that he has a Lord who forgives and he punishes. Bear witness, I have forgiven him. He does it the third time. After the third time, Allah says, my slave has acknowledged that he has a Lord who forgives and punishes. Let my slave be or do as he wishes. Meaning, so long as that slave returns to Allah in repentance every time they go back to a sin, Allah will forgive that person. So it shows you that there is a possibility that a person may sin for their entire life they may return to a sin for their entire life. And this is not to make that matter easy on people or to normalize sinning. It's not to normalize sinning, but it's just to mention a reality the way that it is, that a person, it may be possible that a person may be addicted to a sin and they're trying their best to remove themselves from that sin, but they may not be able to get themselves out of that sin. 
And Allah subhanahu like, it may be possible that you are granted Jannah because of your diligence in repentance. Because of the fact that you're repenting so much that Allah accepts your repentance for that sin and for everything else that you've done. Right? And so sometimes you being trialed with a sin may work in your favor if you do what is necessary or what you're supposed to do. Right? And I feel like so, that's comes in. Pardon? I think that's that exactly. That's essentially yeah. That'll essentially propel you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah. you you hope for the mercy of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. You 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 seek the the mercy of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and you try your best. Like you put in the effort, even if even if you fall short and you do end up falling back into that sin, right? It's it's the persistence in hoping for the mercy of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala that 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 you get the reward for. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you know, asking for forgiveness. Yeah. Another thing as well that's very like important to mention is that a person who's persistent in repentance, this shows you that this person, they understand that there's a chance that their repentance is accepted or rejected. What makes a person repent often? The fact that, one, they have a lot to repent for. That's number one, obviously. Number two, that they don't know whether their repentance is being accepted or not. So they're repenting as much as they can. Perhaps Allah will accept their repentance once. That will be enough. But they don't know, they don't know whether or not it's accepted or not. So they will continue in that process of repenting. And I feel like that's very, that's very important to mention because in our time, we live in a time now where we feel like because of the fact that we're doing the bare minimum, it's accepted immediately. Well, no, that's not the case. Just because of the fact that you're praying duhr and getting off your back, it doesn't mean that it was accepted. It doesn't mean that it was accepted, right? And Allah Taala, in many different places in the Qur'an, He says that He will accept from the best of our actions, the best of our actions, not just any action, not just any action, the best of our actions. It's very important to mention this. And an example I can give is the story of Ibrahim alayhi salam, right? And Ibrahim alayhi salam was ordered him and his son to build the Kaaba, right? And so you have to understand that he was ordered by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to, to build the Kaaba. He is building the Kaaba, so he is ordered, he's ordered by the Most High to build this. What he's building is the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? So the command is blessed. It is coming from one who is blessed. What he's building is blessed. And on top of all of that, he still asks Allah, oh Allah, accept from us. Which shows you that if one of the best prophets, one of the best men to walk to earth, Khalid al-Rahman, the close friend of al-Rahman, the most merciful, if he's asking Allah to accept from his action that Allah told him to do, what about you and me? You see what I'm saying? Like, what yeah, about I think that's a really, really interesting point, honestly. Because like, Ibrahim and Ismail, like you said, Khalid Allah, like, this is, the, this is the, the close friend of Allah, right? And yeah. he was even hopeful of, 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 of Allah's mercy and, and his acceptance of his dua. But you yeah. know what's so interesting is like that same level of hope, the same thing that worked for Ibrahim and Ismail, it's also something that's going to work for people less than them, you know? And Allah has, He talked about that in the Quran as well, you know? When He mm-hmm. talks about Ashab al Araf, and He talks about how He brought them close to Jannah, and the people are going to say, Assalamu alaikum. And Allah yeah. says right after that, He says about Ashab al Araf before He admits them into Jannah, finally He says, Lam yadu who, who, who Ashab al Araf are? Okay, Ashab al-A'raf are the people uh, on the Day of Judgment who they're, they're, they're going to be amongst like the, the, the last people to be judged. And they're going to be like stuck, I guess you can say, in limbo. Allah's going to be judging them. 
and they have both their uh, bad deeds and good deeds are equal. Their skills are equal, right? So the situation for them is they don't really know where they're going because if, it, if they're good and bad deeds are equal, where are they headed, right? But the difference here, the difference here with them, Allah, he, he explicitly, um, it's a longer story, but he explicitly mentions one thing that's really interesting with regards to the point of hope. When he brings them close to the people of Jannah, he says that the people of Jannah will say, Ashab Jannah will say, Ansalamun alaykum. They'll say, peace be upon you. And at that point, when they say that, Allah describes them and says, Lam Allah will not allow them to enter Jannah. What? But what? Wahum yatumarun. He says, but they are hopeful people. They're hopeful. So these people are people who, yes, they've done bad in their life. They also did good. But at the end of the day, Allah allowed them to go to Jannah and He described them as people who were hopeful. That's how Allah described them. So when you start talking about the concepts of hope and fear and, and the, the ideas of doing good and staying away from bad, right? It's, it's, it's all relative. And Allah, at the end of the day, it's through the grace of Allah that you'll be successful. So when you start talking about concepts of hope and fear, you have to keep in mind that Allah is, is free to do whatever. And he even says it later on in that same, in that same like page. He says, He says that like, he's, he's talking to the people of Jahannam. He said, weren't these, weren't these the people, Ashab al-A'raf, the same people you said that we're not going to give them rahmah on the day of judgment? No, no, no. He says to them, enter Jannah, right? You know, like it, you're, you're, there's no fear on you and there's not going to be no sadness for you. You know, and the reason why is because they were hopeful people. They were people who hoped good for Allah, from Allah, even though they might have done bad in their life, right? So it's, it's, it's like, it's kind of important when you think about, like, on all spectrums of, 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 of like, how good you are as a person, to always hope and, and, and think about good about Allah, because it really goes a long way, especially on that day. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, and it's um, it's very important to mention as well. Like, what 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 causes a person to lose hope in the in the mercy of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala? What caused that? What what causes a person to uh, enter into uh, a phase of despair? Right, as Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala says in the Quran, La min He's ordering you, ordering you not to despair in the mercy of Allah. Uh, and Ibrahim alayhi salam, he also says, uh, in the home kafirun, I believe, right? That only those who despair in the mercy of Allah is uh, those who are disbelievers, right? The disbelievers. So yeah. we are not supposed to despair in the mercy of Allah. But the scholars mention two interesting things, and they say it can be like one of two things. Now, it's not limited to this, but it's important to mention. One, they say a person's ignorance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if a person like contemplates on this, you'll realize that it's true because let's, let's break it down, right? A person who feels like they won't be forgiven, that person really does not know who Allah is. Because a person who really understands that Allah is the most merciful and the all-forgiving and, 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 and the fact that Allah Taala wants good for us, right? There's no way that that person can come to the conclusion that, hey, like, Allah is not going to forgive me, right? And I'm sorry if these words are repetitive, like forgiveness, repentance, but it's, it's a part of the conversation. So I hope that you guys bear with me because it's, we need to mention these points over and over and use the same words, right? Because this is how Allah subhanahu wa explains himself to be the most forgiving, the most merciful, right? The second thing that the, the scholars mention is their persistence in sins. They're persistent in their sinning. Now, in Surah Hadid, 
al-hadith, the, the iron, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, on the day of judgment, on the second page of the surah, Allah explains the picture of like how it's going to be on the day of judgment, right? And so he explains the conversation that happens between those who believed and those who were hypocrites or they thought they believed. Now these hypocrites, it's, it's very graphic because uh, it's going to be dark on the day of judgment. Everybody's going to have light and their light is going to be according to uh, their level of faith in the past life. And the Prophet explains that some people's light will be so bright, it'll shine from one city to another, right? Some people's light will, uh, will be so little that it'll be flickering on their index finger, right? So it's continued to, uh, like, the, 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 that page, it starts off with, Yes, you'll see on, the, on, the, on that day, the believing men and women running, the light is like in front of them and on their right, right? And they're being uh, given the glad tidings of, of paradise. So the next ayah, Allah says, On that day, the hypocrites will say to the believers, Wait for us. Let us get some of your light. It's, it's pitch black, right? It'll be said to them, It'll be said to them, Go back to the past life to get your light. And that light, it resembles faith, right? Your level of faith. But on that day of judgment, they're hypocrites. They don't have faith. So it's being said to them in a, in a mocking fashion, right? So these believers, they're, they're, they're much ahead of the hypocrites. So the hypocrites are going to try to catch up with them. And a wall will be placed between them and, and, and the believers. Allah says, On the other side of the wall, is Allah's love and mercy. So now the hypocrites, they look behind them and the punishment is approaching them. The punishment of Allah is approaching them and they have a wall in front of them. Now this does two things. One, this makes the believers feel safe. They're no longer running from the punishment. They can calmly take their time now. And the hypocrites, they're in a sticky situation. Now, the point of all the mentioning is, is in the next few words. There's a conversation that takes place. The hypocrites, they ask, They say, were we not with you guys? Were we not fasting with you guys? Were we not doing hajj with you guys? Were we not praying with you guys? They say, indeed. Yes, you were. You put yourselves in situations of fitna. You brought fitna upon yourselves. Now, first, a person, they put themselves in, in harm's way. Then, you know, a feeling of guilt sets in, like, you know, I shouldn't be doing this. But what happens is that that person, if they don't repent, they're going to go back to that sin because they don't feel that shame, like, hey, I repented from this, I can't do it. So they go back a second time, a third time, a fourth time, until they increase and persist so much in that sin, right? And then, a feeling of doubt sets in them. Will I be forgiven? I'm not too sure. I, I've sinned too much. And then Allah says, Hatta ja'a amrullah, until the command of Allah comes, approaches. Now, what is, what is it? What's meant by the command of Allah? The command of Allah, what's meant of it uh, is death. Until death approaches them. So when death approaches them, they're in a state of doubtfulness. Will Allah forgive me? Will he not? They're not. They're not repenting. 
And Allah ends the verse by saying, Right? And the deceiver deceived them. The deceiver, meaning shaitan, deceived them. So it shows you that for a person to reach a level of persistence in sin, that person has to, you know, avoid or that person did not repent, right? They were continuously in that pursuit. They did not remove themselves from that. So a person who persists in sin, Allah is a person who is, you know, heedless of their situation and of the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is not to, you know, make a person lose hope. It's not to make a person lose hope. But it is just to uh, make everybody aware of the characteristics of this type of person. What's up, Rex? Yes. <laughs> he said Rex. Rex, Rex put his hand up first. For those who, okay, you guys are listening to us, but we see each other, like me, Ozzy, Zebo, and Rex, we see each other. So we're looking at each other's faces. Some faces I wish I wasn't seeing, but I'm forced to. <laughs> but, uh, so Rex, what's, your, what's your question? What's your, what do you want to say? Oh, me? What, what I want to say? What's up, was, to, to the question of like, well, now, how does a person get to that point where it's like, you know what? It's too late for me. I, I feel like I might be opening a, a, a bunch of doors um, now. No, 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 no. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. It, but, it can be many different ways. Again, many different ways. But as I was mentioning earlier, so is there anything you want to ask the question? question? Pardon? Oh, what was his question? I didn't hear it. He said, what can cause a person to ultimately, um, you said, uh, doubt uh, being forgiven, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I said, like, I had, a, I had a, more of a statement, to be honest. Not really a question. But I, I, didn't, okay. I, didn't, I didn't finish my point. Yeah, um, continue. Cause I feel like, especially now with, like, social media and stuff, a lot of people's... The things that they do are, are, um, are like are like put on a uh, a display kind of yeah right and you see you see all the time like somebody like let's say somebody becomes successful or something and at the bottom of their comments let's say on Twitter at the bottom of the comments like oh brother this is what you're doing is haram brother brother sister what are you doing you know what I feel like the approach of of certain people is so like negative especially mm. when they're talking to somebody about something like that about like maybe something that they're that they're saying about let's say me whatever um i'm, I'm openly uh um eating my bacon cheeseburgers on on uh, on twitter on videos and, yeah. and 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 somebody at the bottom like bro do you know what you're like how bad what you're doing is like like getting at me in such a way yeah. that makes me want to like me as a person if somebody did that to me i'm, I'm gonna double down <laughs> like like i'm just gonna be like you know what bro i, I don't want to hear all that all that all that bs that you're telling me yo you're yeah, rah, rah, yeah, I'm yeah, you know what i mean i agree with what i agree with like i see what you're saying like i i, I get exactly what you what you're you're, you're saying yeah bro. like I, I like i was thinking about the hadith of, Muhammad of, of the man who used to drink openly the sahaba you know and the sahabi and he used to be lashed openly and one of the sahabas cursed him you know and the prophet said like don't curse him like he's barely he's a man who loves allah and loves his messenger you know so it's just like the, like we're talking about hope and fear as concepts here and like in, in this little like little talk we're having but i think that when you when you talk when you talk about trying to help people gain that and and acknowledge that it, it, it is done like through rahmah you know what i mean like even even when the prophet was commanded by allah you know um 
فبما رحمه من الله لنت لهم ولو كنت فضا غليظا قبلا فضل من حولك فاعف عنهم forgive for he said this is what Allah is saying to 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 the Prophet Muhammad about his Sahabas he said forgive your your companions فاعفوا عنهم واستغفر لهم and seek forgiveness on behalf of them وشابرهم في الأمر and seek their opinion and counsel how can how can you ever seek opinion and counsel from people except that you you're 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 on good terms with them you know how can you be on good terms with people if like if somebody's eating a bacon cheeseburger and you know them that you know that they have a good heart but yet you you deal with them roughly like you just kind of like yelling at them and telling them to like you know it, it just doesn't make sense it doesn't add yeah. up you you won't get to your goal like that you know so yeah. anyways yeah go ahead. on on the or other evil. side of that right i feel like so things are right and wrong right it's it's it's, it's clear cut for example like somebody eating a cheese, making cheeseburger that's clear cut wrong right and then you have different levels of iman right for somebody who understands who Allah is, who understands the boundaries that Allah SWT has set, who understands all of these things, you can tell that person, yo, relax, and they'll get the message. Right? But a, a person who who lives a life of Jesus, a person, for example, how can you tell a person who doesn't pray, um, stop fornicating? Right? You can, obviously, because it's wrong no matter what. But that person doesn't even pray. That person doesn't have that level of iman where these sins are even, they even consider it sins. They even consider it sinful, they even consider it wrong. So I think you, for, for, for a lot of people, and especially nowadays on social media, you're dealing with strangers, people that you don't know, you know, the assumption has to be that when this person is openly on a public platform committing this sin, then their iman is at a lower level than that sin itself. Because that is what they're doing publicly, so what they're doing privately must be worse. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I I agree with Ozzy and I disagree with him at the same time. Now I like I don't that. Mean, I like that controversy. I don't Thank mean you. to yeah, I don't mean to cause a controversy, but I feel like it's extremely important and this is a learning curve. Us as Muslims, my question is, do we and I like this tangent and I feel like it's gonna be very interesting. Do we judge a person off of what we think their heart contains or their actions? I want to ask that question first. And it's a close-ended question. Uh, well, okay. Well, judging needs to be like, we need to define that a little bit more. But if you're just asking for the sake of the question, you judge them based off their actions. You don't know what's in their heart. Okay, perfect. Perfect. Now, what, the part that I agree with, Ozzy, and I think everybody's in agreement here, is everybody should be treated with honor and respect. And we should be kind towards one another. And Absolutely. there's no way that when you're calling to the deen of Allah in any way, shape, or form, that you call it in a form of hostility. Any, any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. And that is not how that, uh, a person should be called to the deen at all. However, the hadith that you mentioned right now of the man who was drunk, the Prophet said, والسلام, after he was cursed by the Sahaba, that man, leave him because he loves Allah and his messenger. Now, the Prophet is discussing something that's considered to be ilm al-ghayb, knowledge of the unseen. Now, Thanks. some scholars say that, listen, this is soul and specific to the Prophet ﷺ, so it cannot be used for other people. You see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it doesn't mean the person doesn't have good. Let's say I see Rex, he's eating a cheeseburger. I can't use that hadith as a premise to say, uh, oh, Rex has like, like good in his heart, right? Leave him, mm-hmm. right? Do you see the point that I'm making? But 
I, I am in agreement with you that yes, that person should be advised in a kind way. Now the question yeah. is, okay, maybe maybe I should have, really, maybe, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Well, it's it's important that you mention this because your point is still valid. Your point yeah. is still valid. Yeah, like I was, I didn't mention the hadith like to like get like a ruling out of it, but more like I know, I know, like, I know. The, the level of mercy exactly. that the Prophet exactly. had for people who exactly. are even like persistent in a, in a exactly. deed that's not good, exactly. you know? Yeah, no, mm-hmm. I see the, the the point that you're saying is we should treat people with kindness and look how the Prophet dealt with that man although he was drunk in public. I know exactly what you're saying. So mm-hmm. it's, it's yeah. an interesting it's discussion, the, the right? That you got there dealing with people who sin publicly but, because you know, there's different ways to deal with them, right? Um, the first way is that you advise the person privately. Although they did publicly, you advise them privately in the hopes that they renounce their sin publicly and make it clear to the people that what they did is impermissible and that it is wrong and that they, you know, they turn back from it. That's the first way, right? The second way is when having done that, it's important. Every first step is always privately. You have to do it privately. If you do it privately and the person does not turn back from that sin and does not renounce it publicly, then you address them publicly, whether it's Twitter, because that, that's our society now. It's, it's like online societies, right? Like Twitter, Facebook, um, in person, right? If a person's sitting in person, you address them and tell them, yo, listen, this is wrong. And make sure you let other people know, like, yo, what this person is doing is wrong, right? Now, the problem... Right. There's, the, there's that, the haram police, brother. Yeah, yeah, you know, and... I, I'm not going to say that they're completely wrong and completely bad, but I would say, Wallahu a'lam, and Allah knows best what's in their hearts. They have good intentions, but the way that they're going about things is terrible. The execution. Terrible. Yeah, the execution is just not there. It's just, it's a no for me, dog. That's just, that's just, that's how I, that's how I feel about it. Because if you, you have to understand, like, the, there's so much wisdom in enjoying good and forbidding evil. If by you forbidding evil, you're causing a bigger evil, you're not supposed to do it. If you're addressing a person publicly in a bashing, shameful way, and all it's going to do is increase that person in ignorance and hatred towards you and other people who try to call for good, don't do it. If you don't have the wisdom in calling to the religion in a wise and merciful and kind way, don't do it. Don't do it because you're going to become, uh, you know, counterproductive to the, they, to the they, way. You're going to become counterproductive to calling to Allah. They, you're going to some you're some would say they obstacle. could be the, a catalyst. Yeah, like you're going to you're going to you're going to you're going to become an obstacle for other people who are, are going to try to call in a kinder way towards Allah and His mercy, right? Now, another important discussion that we have to have is the fact that people who publicize sins. The Prophet mentioned that they will not be forgiven. Al-Mujahirun, right? And the Prophet explained in the hadith, paraphrasing that that is a person who sinned in the night. And that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, covered for them. He placed the cover between them and the people and hid their sin from the people. Now, that person wakes up in the morning and goes and tells people, listen, I did this, 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 and this. They expose their sins. That person... That person, the Prophet said that person is not forgiven. Now, you have to understand the context is that Islam has come to protect society, protect their minds, protect their faith, protect their hearts. When a person sins in public, you have to understand that people are impressionable to that sin. The more that people sin in public, the more that that sin is normalized. 
a person who sins in their home, the ruling on that person is not the same as a person who sins in public, right? There's a wisdom behind that. Now, when addressing a person, like I said, you have to be wise in the way that you're going about it. You, you tell that person privately. Maybe that person didn't know that it was a sin. Maybe that person felt weak and all they need is a reminder. And that's what Allah explains the Quran to be a reminder, a dhikr, to remind the person for, uh, of what's important, you know, in, in their life, right? You advise the person. If you feel like, you know, um, like speaking to the person in, in, like face-to-face -face is going to help, go to them face-to-face -face and say, listen, yo, this is what you did. Yo, this is, you, you have to go about it in a better way. This is impermissible. Okay, you have to, or ukhti, you know, you can do better, and I know you can do better. Words of encouragement. Empower the person. Let them know, like, listen, you are beyond this. This sin, this little slump that you're in, you can get yourself out of it. I'm here to help. Turn back to Allah. But when you're going, you know, talking out the side of your neck, in the name of deen, you may even be held accountable for that person being, like, like causing that person more stubbornness. Right? Because the moment that you decide that you want to call to Allah, you have to call to Allah in the way that the Prophet and the companions did. Right? And the moment that you decide that you want to go about things and put things in your own hand and go about it in a, in a different way, that is when you are going to be held accountable for what you do. Right? The yeah, and, that, and that's yeah. like, and right there, that also shows like a lack of fear and hope in your own action of even though you're trying to do something good, like you're, you're, you're attributing that success of them potentially changing to yourself as opposed to Allah, you know? And, yeah. and that's, that, that's a lack of fear right there, you know, just to kind of mm -hmm. bring it back to the topic. Yeah, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah but um, there's one last point that I wanted to make, but I, I, um, I forgot my train of thought. I forgot my train of thought. So, um, hey, hey, anybody man. else want to chat, huh? Happens to the best of us, bro. It does, it does, man. But any of you guys want to chime in on this? Like, I feel like, I've mentioned a lot. If you guys want to share your I, thoughts, go for it. I think I think you mentioned one point that like I was I was hoping you're gonna elaborate a little bit more on it, but I think it's a really big aspect of like just just fearing Allah and hope as well. Um, Allah says in the Quran, Allah min ulama." You know that indeed, like the 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 people on earth who fear Allah the most are the scholars. You know, so like Allah, mm -hmm. like He associates fear with understanding and knowing Him, right? Because the people mm -hmm. who know Him best are the ones who fear him the most because they have the knowledge to fear him. So therefore they're in a position to fear him in ways other people cannot. So yeah. I think it's like when we, when we, when you start wanting to like think about like how to start practicing fear and, and hope in, in like our own lives, it, I think it begins with like getting to know Allah, like learning about Allah and that Definitely. if you know him and you, and just to kind of tie it back even with the other, the, the, the last part that we did about ignorance and negligence, when you know Allah, you now have the tools to begin fearing him and, and mm -hmm. begin to do the things that Allah wants you to do. And if you do it like that, then inshallah, mm -hmm. it, you build on a foundation for yourself that it, it literally will seep into every other action in your life. Prayer, mm -hmm. and salah, your dealings, etc. everything. You know? And mm -hmm. even when you have that, for example, okay, if I showed you a picture of a stranger, somebody that you've never met, could you form an opinion of that person? No. Could you, no. could you tell me anything about that person? No. no. Right. So, and yeah. but how can you have a relationship with Allah? How can you know, you know, fear, hope, love? How can you have any of those emotions 
towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if you don't even know him. You don't even know him. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and, that, and that's the same with, with, with um, your worship. How can you, you know, how can your worship be to the level of, you know, the, the, the salihin? When your relationship the with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the righteous, when your knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is superficial. Mm-hmm. Right? Because we all, everybody, everybody, like you say, who's Allah? And you can say a hundred, you know, different things. Allah subhanahu wa is my creator. He's the one that provides for me. and this. But if you don't know, like if you don't know the names of Allah, and what they mean, and how they, those act, those names have attributes, and how to attribute that, and have that relationship with Allah, right? And for example, the hadith, the, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam says that you know Allah has ninety nine names, and man ahsaha dakhal al jannah, you know. And the word ahsa, it was translated as I think it was learn or memorize, right? But ahsa, like uh, linguistically and in in and istilahan, it means istilahan. It means that you learn the names of Allah, you know what they mean, and you act accordingly. Right? Then a person who does that with the night names and names of Allah, then that person has a relationship with Allah. Yeah. That's deep. That's deep, subhanAllah. That's really deep. And um yeah, like I, I even wanna like um I wanna open the floor to just like ask the question and I feel like it it, it needs to be asked. Like, why do people lose hope in the mercy of Allah? I personally, I mentioned two things that scholars mentioned. One is their ignorance of Allah, and number two is their consistency and their their their, their you know their persistence in sin. What can you guys mention? Uh, do you feel like from your own experience and being with people and society and living in society, what do you guys feel contribute towards uh, a person's um, despair in Allah's mercy and hope? I think that a person who's who doesn't have that balance, and I mentioned this earlier as well, right? If a person doesn't have the balance of hope and fear in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right, then a person who has only fear of Allah will lose hope. And a person who has only hope of Allah will not fear Allah. Right? So a person mm-hmm. who does not the person who only fear has fear and who doesn't have any hope, that person feels like they're a lost cause. That person feels like there's no hope in me even trying, so why even bother? You know? And a person mm-hmm. who only has hope of Allah and doesn't have fear, that person, like, they feel safe in, any, in doing anything and being persistent in any sin. You know, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَفَأَمِنُوا مَكْرَ اللَّهِ فَلَا يَأَمَنُوا مَكْرَ اللَّهِ إِلَّا الْقَوْمِ الْخَاسِرُونَ Do they fear, do they feel secure in the plan of Allah? Right? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala won't take them and won't punish them for their sins. You know, it's only the people who are the losers that have that sense of security and safety. You know, as if they can do whatever they want to do and they're going to, you know, say, La ilaha illallah, and they're going to, you know, how we, we feel like, and this is like, you know, it sounds like it's, it's crazy, but I think a lot of people have this, you know, feeling that, or they live their life like, I'm going to do whatever I want to do in my youth, live however I want to live, do whatever I want to do. And then when I get older, I'm going to start practicing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be in the masjid 24-7, or I'm going to start wearing a hijab when I get old. And then when I get older, I'm just going to retire, and I'm going to do nothing but read Quran. And I'm going to say, you know, when I'm on, on my deathbed, I'm going to have my finger up, say, la ilaha illallah. And it's all like, you know? But the reality is, like, you're going you're gonna to die how you lived. You know, if you're mm-hmm. not a person who didn't repent, yeah. right, the, way, the way you die is going to be the way you live. 
Mm-hmm. And we sort of feel like we sort of separate ourselves from that reality and we sort of live in this you know fantasy world where everything's gonna be okay. And I feel like especially nowadays, we have, you know, for the, from, for the majority of us in society, we have hope and not enough fear. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Can I just even mention the fact that, like, this life, the Prophet says on average that his, his nation will live up to, like, 63. Can we mention that, like, this life is, like, let's say 70, 80 max you're given. And the next life is eternal. Like, you don't die. You do not die. Like, can we just kind of take a second just to, like, to think about that? Because I came across a hadith the other day. I was sitting, you know, in the masjid. And, and this is not to praise myself for being in the masjid or anything, but just like, to benefit everybody. that I was reading a book, and it was mentioning a hadith where, you know, after the day of judgment happens and people are placed in, in paradise and those in the hellfire are placed in hellfire, death will be brought in the form of a ram in the form of a ram and it will be slaughtered and it will be said to the people of paradise oh people of paradise eternity and no death like you have been here for eternity and no death and oh people of hellfire eternity and you know you will not die and so those who are in paradise will only increase in happiness and safety and security and pleasure. And those in hellfire will only increase in misery and pain. And not just physical pain, psychological pain, knowing that you're not going to die. And ever again, like this is, may Allah protect us from this. This is probably one of the scariest hadith I've ever come across in my life. So when Allah says, like just like Zebo was mentioning, are, you know, do they feel safe of the plan of Allah? Like, how is it possible that a person can feel safe of Allah's punishment and wrath when we all sin and we don't know if our salah is accepted? We don't know if our fast is accepted. We don't know if our repentance is accepted, right? So a person has to have that fear of not being accepted, Allah turning down all that they've done, you know? But at the same time, a person has to have hope that the person, the, the one that I'm dealing with is one who is merciful, one who is kind, one who is wise, one who is generous, right? So a person has to, has to, you know, be in that balance, right? And I feel like, yeah, I feel like, yeah, that's just how I feel, man. That's just how I feel. I think that was a serious point. And um, It's scary, bro, but sometimes like these these conversations are very, very necessary, man. Yeah, for real, bro. And may Allah, yeah. Yeah. I think I think on that note we're we're, we're gonna we're gonna end the uh, the episode here. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, let 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 what Saeed said sink in, because you know it's saying? not just me, man. This is all this is all the prophet said. What Allah said, it's not. Yeah, just, of I'm just you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I get it. But it was a good it was a good point, man. It resonated with me a lot, bro. Bro, <laughs> yeah, no. To be honest, big point, bro. Like this, yeah. if that's like that's the whole point of like life, bro. <laughs> you just think about that very thing, literally. Exactly. If, so, yeah. if if anybody who was listening to this episode, you know, if this episode resonated with them, you know, don't be shy to shoot us a message. Hit up our curious sorry, chat. Sorry, I was just kind of off point, but uh, do you guys like meditate? I met I, my prayer is meditation, brother. Anyways, guys, like, like, comment, Who subscribe. Who does this guy think okay? he is? 
subscribe to our channel. <laughs> no, but seriously, guys, we, we, we want to right? If people like disagree, share your thoughts. Share your thoughts. We love a good conversation, right? Um, but yeah, do you guys meditate? Let's let's leave the podcast at that. Guys, respond to to Zebo's question. Do you guys meditate? You know. <laughs> I know for a fact he doesn't really zoop, so... He's using the Remy. I actually do. <laughs> All right, yo, what was the point of it? Why did you bring that up, though? Just, just no, because I was just thinking... Like, okay, when I say meditate, I don't mean, like, like Tai Chi, um, you know what I'm saying? Contemplation. Yeah, I, mean that. Um, yeah, I mean contemplating. Just, like, shut yourself away from the world, like, no technology, no phone, just and just think. Because, nah. like, when you do that and you reflect, you know, it... It sort of helps put things into perspective. Yeah, and I, I, I've, been, I've been doing that. I've been doing that a little bit recently. It, a lot, it really helps. I'm do. I'm yeah. due for one of those still. Yeah, <laughs> even <laughs> contemplation is mentioned in the Quran so many times. You know, tadabbur, like it literally just to, to contemplate. Allah says, contemplate on His signs, on His creation. You know, and Allah even says, like, even within wafi anfusikum, Allah says, even within you, like if you were to look in yourself. Right, you will find signs of Allah's, you know, existence. The fact that we're existent prove that there's a God that exists. Like, there's so many things that could be said, and to get into that that whole topic of proving Allah's existence is a, is a topic for another day. But it's what what Zeebo mentioned about contemplation is extremely important, man. What, what, what's the next the next uh, to, um, like topic? Topic. Yo, you know what? I have absolutely no clue. Well, I did okay. not even think about that. Suggestions, and people. Curious cat. Get to yeah. it. Send in some suggestions. There's there's a lot of yeah. questions in the there's a lot of questions in the curious cat. Why don't we dedicate like an episode to going through some of them? Yeah, we could do, we that, can too. do that. That's true too, that. actually. Yo, we see you got your guys' questions. Although we're not answering it, we yeah. we, we, we want the material for the pod. So yeah. it's, it's good stuff. Continue. I was thinking of even answering them, but I was like, uh, it'll be better if we kind of discuss this like as a group on like on the actual like podcast itself because i feel like it'll give more justice to what's being said you know so amazing points in there by the way the people who are like like uh, mentioning points in there very well thought out but like, i have not come across a weak point yet i haven't caught, come across any ops yet but <laughs> just know if we do come across ops there will be shellings involved so <laughs> all right now nah, i'm just joking man i'm just joking on that note yeah, uh, bye Take care, guys. I want to come to